0: Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at NowChurch.com, including live or on demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you and enjoy today's service. Well, good morning once again. Good morning to you, online campus. Glad that you're with us. We have a very special announcement. Next week, we have a special guest, Uh, one of our mentors for the last, gosh, 30-plus years is a man by the name of John Evansini, and John Evansini is now 85 years old, and he is a Caleb. He's still as strong as he was when he was 40, and he's going to be with us next Sunday morning, both services. Don't miss it. He's a great Bible teacher, all kinds of subjects, all kinds of things, and he's a great man of God. His wife... um, was very close with my wife and she just, um, his wife passed away. Pat Evansini passed away in August and she was just a great, great woman of God, mighty pastor, mighty great woman. And so, uh, we've invited him to come spend a little bit of time with us next weekend and, and be with him. And he's looking forward to being here. And he said to tell you, he can't wait to get here again. He hasn't been with us. I think since right around when he turned 80 and, uh, here he's out on the road again uh, and doing great things. So we're very excited about Brother John Evanzini. Tell your friends they're going to want to hear this mighty man of God at 85 years old, okay? Um, <clears throat> today's message, we're going to finish on gravity and the gravitational pull. We're going to finish that message, that series Today. In a message I call launch out, launch out. Luke chapter 5 and Acts chapter 13 is where we're going to be. Luke 5 verse 3 says this, Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. I think sometimes that's where a lot of us feel like we worked really hard and didn't see a lot. Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, what a great word. Nevertheless, at your word, because you said it, because you spoke it, because you confirmed it, because you ordered it, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Acts 13 verse 1 is a great passage. It says in verse 1 there, Acts 13, now in the church, everybody say in the church. This wasn't extra church. This wasn't parachurch. It was in the church. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit. I want to kind of draw... Uh, your attention to that. It says, after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them. They sent them out. They sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. There was a, there's, a, there's part of being sent out by the local church that's being sent out by the Holy Spirit himself. They went down to Seleucia and there, from there they sailed to Cyprus. Let's pray together one more time. Father God, would you open the eyes of our heart that my message and my preaching not be with the enticing words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power In Jesus' name, amen. Last week we talked about unfair comparisons. We said that unfair comparisons prevent your mind from being renewed by the word of God. You know, there are moments, uh, times, and seasons where God is reminding us to be content, like we said last week. And that word is appealing to most people who enjoy the status quo. However, there are also times when the Holy Spirit begins to challenge us to flow in a spirit of adventure. It's not one or the other, it's both. Bishop Michael Pitts once said that the most difficult thing he felt about pastoring is inspiring thinking people to feel and feeling people to think. And I would say it this way. Part of the challenge of pastoring is in the 21st century is getting adventurous people to settle down and be content and getting the more tranquil people to embrace change and get excited about faith adventures. I think that's the big challenge. And so if you think last week, uh, I'm, I'm doing something different this week, I am. But it's still the same God, the same spirit, because it's both, it's not one of the other. I can, you know, you can preach on peace forever until you're all asleep, but the fact is that we as the body of Christ are called to adventure. Jesus used the term launch out. Explore the boundaries of your faith. Boldly go where you've never been before. Boldly do what you've never done before. Boldly become who God made you to be. Sam Chen said growth equals change and change equals discomfort. That's why a lot of people don't like change. But God never called us to a life of comfort. He called us to a life of growth. Even if we get uncomfortable sometimes. Say amen. Amen. Change. Change is never just for the sake of change. In God's eyes, it's always for the better. And so I ask you today, are you willing to break out of your little comfort bubble in order to follow Jesus and grow? Are you willing to do something you've never done before, especially in this, and we're calling it post-COVID era, I know they're talking about new, a new variant. Let me, let me tell you something. You know how we're going to deal with the new variant? Same way we dealt with the old variant. We rebuke it and we trust God that no plague shall come near our dwelling. We trust God and we move forward. I'm convinced that a lot of these things right now are nothing more than spirits of darkness trying to grab power from individuals and bring it into governments to tell us where we can go and when we can go there and what we can do and what we can't do. And I'm sick of it. Fed up with it. Because it's a, yeah, and that, listen, you can say what you want to about global warming, but I think it's the same power grab. Because it's something that, they, that they, they can give you a theory, but then they can try to tell you this and that. But that, by through that, then they can tell you how much gas you can put in your car. And what the price is going to be. It's ridiculous. It's not freedom. God's called us to live a life of freedom. When Jesus got into the fisherman's boat. His outcry of launch out. Into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. Was more than prophetic for the moment. It was a declaration for their destiny. Think about it. This was Peter, James and John. The big three. This was the ones that became the inner circle of Jesus. Not just the not just the disciples. They were were the ones that were taken to the Mount of Transfiguration, given glimpses into intimacy and things that other people could never handle, other people could never see. Peter would become the leader, but that day he was just Simon, a fisherman with a boat that Jesus got into the vessel. Jesus got into the boat. And when he said to Simon, I want you to push out. I want you to, to push out from the land. He did it. And then he said, now I want you to go deeper. Now I want you to launch out. I want you to launch out. I want you to get beyond. The word there in the Greek is a word that means to thrust, to thrust out, to be sent out, to be launched. To be it, it, it is literally like Pastor Chris talked about a few weeks ago at the beginning of this series about getting into space. It's about it's exploration. It's about <clears throat> something inside of them. These guys didn't just get a big catch of fish that day. They received the power for a big catch of fish that's still going on today. In fact, you're some of the fish. You're some of the fish that were caught because these men paid the price. Follow Jesus and he'll make you fishers of men. Imagine if Paul the Apostle's declaration of contentment in all things, which I talked about last week, meant that he was complacent and apathetic toward the things of God. That's not what it meant at all. Instead, this former zealot against Christians and the cause of Christ became sold out to pay whatever price to glorify God and expand his kingdom. And I believe what he meant when he said, I've learned to be content in all these situations. I believe it means intense joy produces intense satisfaction. And intense joy doesn't come from things. Intense joy comes from a relationship of intimacy with God. In his younger years following his conversion, Saul was invited to hang out with a disciple called Barnabas. We first see Barnabas on the scene in Acts chapter 4, verse 36, and it says this, and Joses, who was, and that's not the pussycats guy, okay? Joses, three people remember that cartoon, and showed my age again. Anyway, sorry. Who, Joses, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles. So this was a name they gave him prophetically, which is translated according to Scripture son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus having land sold it and brought the money laid at the apostles' feet. So this is a generous man. Some of people, some some theologians have even surmised that he may have been the rich young ruler who figured it out and came back and got involved after Pentecost. In that friendship, Saul was discipled, introduced to the other apostles that were nervous about him. Peter, Peter, James, and John, they didn't want to be around Paul or Saul at that point. He was, for all they knew, he was a spy. Set out to kill him. But Barnabas jumped in and said, I'll talk to him. Spent three years discipling, mentoring him. Preparing him. In that friendship, he was introduced then to Peter, James, and John. Then a special time of prayer Of five prophets or teachers, so these were prophets or teachers in Antioch Church, direction came. They were identified by the Holy Spirit, set apart for promotion, and sent forth. It's a very similar concept to the launching of Peter, James, and John in Luke chapter 5. This was a launching. This was a, a spiritual birthing. Interestingly, in the law of first mention... In the scripture, there's a theological understanding that, that the first time something's mentioned or the order of its mention is important. And in that moment, in that prayer meeting, Saul was the last of the five. And when, when he's sent out, when they're sent out, they're Barnabas and Saul. But when the power of God begins moving through their missionary expeditions, Saul's name is changed to Paul. Paul. And all of a sudden, it's Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, and then Paul and Silas. Understand that Saul moved up through the ranks, not in some worldly carnal way, not climbing some type of corporate or religious ladder or structure, but he's coming up in the things of God. And he is reset as Paul. I want to draw your attention to this one part of Acts 13 as well. This is what came up in my spirit this week. The Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted and prayed. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted and prayed. And I want to say there's a difference between ministering to the Lord and ministering for the Lord. And it's so easy to get caught up in the busyness of helping others, especially this time of year. We want to be helping others. But let me tell you something. That's not in place of your intimacy with God. It's an enhancement. It's, it's out of that relationship, out of that relationship, out of that fellowship, that intimacy with God that you begin to minister for him. But the problem is you get so busy ministering for him that you forget to minister to him. You say, how can you minister to God? He's God. But the Bible says when you spend time seeking his face, when you spend time seeking his presence, inquiring of him. When I was recently working on my book with a publishing team, they spent 12 hours grilling me because I've written a lot of the main stuff of the book but I keep getting stuck in my stories. My stories are, you know, I I, I can tell a story from the pulpit with a microphone, but to type it out, I'd self-edit. I'd I'd go, well, this is going to take 50 pages. So I would put three paragraphs and be done and not tell the story. So they're helping me finish that part of the book and said, okay, so they're just pulling on me. Okay, what about this and what about that? So one of the things they, they asked me is, well, how did you break through at certain times? How did you... How did you get through that? They, did, they would get to one thing, and they said, well, how did you get through that? What would you say to somebody right now? And I'm telling you, there are, there are moments in my life when I didn't have any hope in anybody else but God. There were moments in my life where I needed direction, where the only answer was that I got alone with God, my way of doing it in, in these moments is to get a blanket and put it on the floor and a bunch of pillows and have a pen and paper and now an iPad. And I write questions. I write down stuff. God, I need to know this. I need to know this. I need to know. There was, a, there was not to get into the book stuff, but you know, one of the stories is that comes up in my heart again is 1987, we were about to move to Orlando from from Ocala area, moved to Orlando to go to work for Claude Bowers at Super Channel, and eventually we went to work with the church down there in Orlando. But during that time, I was in the insurance business, and I was working for a guy down there who said he was a Christian, and he wouldn't pay me. And so we ran out of money, at the same time, we're trying to move. And it made no sense. And so I got away, I, I, got, uh, I borrowed my in-laws' mobile home and said, look, you know, they were going to be at work. And I said, look, I just need some place to pray away from family, away from everybody and spend a day with God because I need answers. And here's the good news. Every time I've been desperate like that, God has given answers. At that moment, that day, that particular day, one of the I, I just said, God, we feel to move to Orlando, but there's no doors open, and the, and and we don't know exactly what to do. Is it time? And my wife was so concerned because we were we were we were lacking finances, and so we are she was worried we we're going to wind up in you know in a pit somewhere, and just concerned about the family. And so in that moment, the Lord. Just spoke to my heart and I I spent time, I was probably ministering to the Lord for about four or five hours. And I don't recommend that for everybody, the faint of heart. Uh, It's not easy to seek God for four or five hours. But I'll tell you this, every time I've done it, he showed up in my life. Sometimes with glory and sometimes just with answers. Sometimes I felt something, sometimes I just knew something. But either way, God is God. And maybe this is a word for you, because in that moment, this is one of the most specific words I've ever had in my life. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, It's time to move. I have prepared a place, and tell your wife not to worry. There'll be new carpet and new paint. So that, when I told my wife, she was, that meant a lot to her. Pardon me. That meant a lot to her. She was excited, okay, new carbon, new paint, that's not a flea bag, that's not some place. So we wound up, the next week in Orlando, we went up looking through ads in the paper, as you used to do, to try to find a place. And we looked and we called and we went all around Apopka and Zellwood and Orlando and Altamont Springs. We looked everywhere. Came back to the church afterward, Kind of exhausted, spending a whole afternoon. And we had circled all these ads, and all of a sudden we said, Well, let's look at the paper one more time. And as God is my witness, I looked at this newspaper, and there was an ad. It said, New carpet, new paint. <laughs> Lake Destiny. So then we go over to Lake Destiny Condominiums. We call the guy up. He meets us right there. Young single guy had built a house and he had this condo from when he was just young and single and he was going to rent it out. And so the price was right. New carpet, new paint, just what we needed. And then he goes, well, uh, I said, so what do you need um, to move in? He goes, well, first month's rent, last month's rent and a security deposit. I said, oh, okay. I said, um, well, we, we, can, we can do the uh, first month's rent right away. Let me just work it. He goes, what were you thinking about for the security deposit? Well, I said, well, I was thinking zero. <laughs> he goes, well, you seem like nice people. That works for me. He goes, I'll let you move in with just one month's rent. That's all falling into place. And I'm telling you, God can be that specific if you just give him a chance. Sometimes when you get in these moments where you need to launch into something, the hesitancy is because you don't know what you don't know. But in his presence is fullness of joy, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. In his presence, you'll find peace. I've been other times where I didn't have the necessarily a specific word like new carpet, new paint, but that one was like neon, and it still comes up. This is now, what, 34 years ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday because the Lord said it and then confirmed it, and we showed people. We took the ad, and look at this. This is new carpet, new paint. Look at my journal. Here's my spiral notebook. This is new carpet, new paint. This was last week that God said this, and this was this week. This is an ad in the paper, I mean, sometimes when you're following God, people think you're crazy. But sometimes there are certain moments like that where people, well, okay, I don't don't know how you heard that, but okay. God cares about every detail of your life. I remember another time years ago that my son was just, just growing into manhood. He was probably 20 years old. He was building his first house At 20, he designed and built his first house, and it was amazing. It was a miracle deal. Right before all the lots out on the shores went way, way up, he bought a a lot for like $6,000. It was crazy. And he got this and designed this house and built this house, and then he ran into a situation where he was concerned about money, and he came to me as boss and asked for a raise, and I said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give unto you. And I said, look, I could give you a little bit more money, but that's not going to help. That, what you need is a revelation. What you need is to know how dad got a hold of God in those moments. And I took him back. We, this is back when we had offices back here. And I took him back to our study And I got a pillow for him and a pillow for me and I got on the floor. I said, we're gonna cry out to God together and God's gonna show up and you're gonna find answers and you're gonna be able to build something more than, I said, if if we gave you 50 bucks a week, it wouldn't be enough a year from now. So I didn't give him any raise at that point, but I gave him a lesson in getting a hold of God Today, he's a 41-year-old man with a booming business. And part of it is he knows how to get a hold of God in those moments when he needs God to move. My friends, there are times in our lives when God cares about the next season. We get stuck. We get lost in the what-ifs and the if-onlys. And we often miss out on really just getting a hold of God. There's a difference between ministering to the Lord and for the Lord. It's so easy to get caught up in serving God, being busy working for him, that you lose sight of what I call FaceTime, way before Apple had it. FaceTime, time time in God's presence, personal, private worship and devotion. So important that in Acts chapter 6, Peter and John and the others appointed helpers to dev- so they could devote themselves the Bible says to the word of word and prayer which was the most important thing for them to do we get so busy serving God and serving others that we forget to spend time in his presence just the simplicity of what we did when many of us were younger just get on your face. You know when the Bible says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord? It doesn't say that God wants to humble you. It says, humble yourself. Humble yourself. And the word literally means to, to prostrate yourself, to get down on your face and acknowledge that you don't have all the answers. You don't know all the answers. You don't have everything you need. In this world, We talked about last week with social media. We try to pretend we have everything we need. And we got it all together. And that just feeds into pride. And the Bible says, God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. If you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he'll lift you up. If you exalt yourself, he'll have to humble you because you won't humble yourself. Humble yourself is as simple as When we lift up our hands, when Pastor Lindsay tells us, just lift your hands up right now. God, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. I don't even know what I need to know in this moment. But I know you. And you're alive. And you care. Isaiah 55, verse 6 from the Amplified said this way, Seek, inquire for... And require the Lord while he may be found. Claiming him by necessity and by right. Think about that. Claiming him by necessity, I need you. And by right, you've given me access. I come boldly before the throne of grace. The Bible says, call upon him while he is near. I mean, you know, God's everywhere. What doesn't mean call upon him while he's near. It means in those moments where he's coming near to you. Coming near to brush past you, to see if you're going to go after him. Like when Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. Inquire. Require. Seek. Life usually knocks the drive and selfish ambition out of you as you grow. Life can hit hard, can't it? After a gut punch or two, the Lord knows whether or not you're ready for prime time. Only after your drive and ambition for personal gain dies and is transformed into a kingdom cause will you actually be ready for the promotion. And that's what God saw among these five prophets and teachers in Acts 13. That's what he saw in the least of those five, which is a guy named Paul, uh, Saul, Saul, who became the mighty Apostle Paul and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That's what God saw. That's what Jesus saw when he saw a man named Simon who was willing to push out a little and then go deep and throw the nets to launch. He, didn't, he thought he was launching to catch a big catch of fish. He didn't know he's launching to find his life to find his future, his calling, and his purpose. God wants to do great things. At that promotion, the Holy Spirit said, now separate Barnabas and Saul to the work. The Holy Spirit said, now separate them. Now get them ready. Now launch them. Now put your hands on them. They didn't find a way around. This was in the church at Antioch not around the church, not trying to find the way around, but the body working with the body. The Holy Spirit said, now get them ready and send them out. Only then will we have liftoff. The adventures of faith begin or escalate to new levels. We journey to the unknown every time a spiritual birthing takes place. Sometimes it's a small step. Sometimes it's a big one. But God knows. What am I saying? I, as I've been preparing for this message, I felt like the same Lord who said to me, new carpet, new paint said this, that we're coming into a season of open launch windows as a church, and I'm excited about the building, but it's not just about the building, it's about you. It's about your life, <clears throat> your calling, your purpose, things you've been looking to, for God to do, believing him to do. We're coming into a season of open launch windows, destiny moments requiring steps of activation. In the liftoff process, there's an activation sequence. They begin the countdown. And in my spirit, I heard 10, nine, eight, Seven. There are many of you that have been looking for a breakthrough, trusting God for what's next. Like I said it doesn't have to be something dramatic. What if Simon would have said, "Ah, oh, we we fished all night and caught nothing. I'm too tired, Master. We finished all night and we caught nothing." And what kind of business did you say you're in? Oh, yes, carpentry. My family's been in fish for 300 years. I don't know if you understand, but we worked all night. I've just been cleaning the nets because I'm exhausted. I've been up all night fishing, and we got nothing. I'm sorry. I got to get some sleep. That's real, folks. That's real. That's where a lot of us are. That's where a lot of us would have been. Finding the excuse, finding the, well, I'm so busy. I got to be back here fishing tomorrow. I mean, thanks for using my boat, you know, for your teaching thing. That's great, but I'm tired. But one word came. Nevertheless, it sounds like three words, doesn't it? All in one word. Nevertheless, nevertheless, because you spoke, because you said, because you led, because you quickened, because you inspired, because you have said this. Okay. Launch out became a test of obedience and Simon became transformed into Peter and James and John into sons of thunder. If you've lived in Florida all your life like I have, you know what a launch window is. When they announce on the news, there's a launch coming this week. The launch window opens at 11.03. Sometimes it's a four-hour launch window. Sometimes it's a three-minute launch window. I've heard heard of it actually being a one-minute launch window. If we don't launch it here, then we have to wait another three or four days till the trajectory all lines up again. God knows the timing. Don't miss it. Don't miss his timing. Don't miss your timing by missing his timing. Trust in him. When he says launch, launch. When he says sit, sit. When he says be content, find contentment. When he says it's time to get ready for a new adventure, get ready for a new adventure. We get so complacent, we get so settled sometimes. The tribe of Issachar, the Old Testament says, understood the times and knew what Israel was to do. There's an old movie with Matthew McConaughey called Failure to Launch. It's a movie about a young man who missed his moment to grow up and become a man, stayed dependent on his parents way past the time. Don't fail to launch. What's our take takeaway today? It it's a launch time. It's launch time for a new measure of your faith. Do it right. Do it in order. Through the church. Ministering to the Lord. And for the Lord. Prepare for liftoff. God wants to do it. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Ten. 9 8 and so on what's 2022 hold for you we don't know the Bible says we make our plans but God orders our steps it's okay to make a plan but you have to trust God for the steps maybe 2021 was a hard year it's a hard year for many people but look at what you gained not just what you lost sometimes when a small plane takes off they find that it's overweight that they have to take some of the some of the weight and either move it around or actually take some of the weight off, some of the cargo off and ship it later? What kind of weights are keeping you from your launching? What kind of excuses have you created in your own mind why you can't do something that God wants you to do? This next season, what I believe God is saying is, new adventures a season of open heavens open doors open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that there's not room enough to contain it clarity where there's been confusion wisdom where there's just been guessing in the dark Father thank you for your word today Lord we look to you as the author and finisher of our faith thank you for new seasons ahead today we pledge ourselves as your people to do whatever you want us to do to go wherever you want us to go to say whatever you want us to say Lord if you're leading us we know we're gonna be okay. We know that we're gonna be blessed. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed just for a moment. Maybe you're in a season of transition and change in your own life. Maybe you're at home and you're watching this moment. I wanna encourage you humble yourself, trust God with everything in your heart. Even when what he's speaking to your heart doesn't make sense, he's very practical. He cares about, if he cared about my wife's peace, needing to know there was new carbon, new paint, a place that would be decent and nice for her family, think about what he must care for you. What's the cry of your heart? What's the question of your life? What's the thing that's holding you back from obedience? I want to challenge you today. Surrender. Trust in his word, trust in his timing, and whatever he says. I love what in the first miracle of Jesus at the wedding at the marriage of Cana in Galilee. When they, when she found out they were out of wine, his mother Mary looked at him and said, Do something. And he said, Woman, don't you know my time has not come? It's not my timing. And she's, she didn't take no for an answer. She looked at the disciples around him. He said, Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. I think that's the essence of this word that I'm saying right now. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Don't manufacture it, don't make it up. Just take the next step moving forward. Father, thank you for your promises. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your leadership. Maybe you're here right now. Maybe you're watching, connecting with us on our online campus. This word is for you. Get ready, get ready, get ready. God wants to do it, but you have to trust him with everything in you. And you have to take that next step. If you're here today, and you're a little anxious about it, or you're concerned, or maybe you're just in that place of such transition, you don't know which way is up. I want to pray for you right now. I want you to put your hand up right now if you need prayer right now, if this word is to you. Put your hand up and keep it up. Up and keep it up. Up and keep it up. Let God work through you. Father, in Jesus' name, you see every hand raised. You see every open heart, whether in the room or at home or wherever they are. Father, I pray, launch out. Launch out. Launch out into the deep. Go deeper with God. Go deeper in your relationship. Go deeper with intimacy. Go deeper in your fellowship. Go deeper in the church. Go deeper. Go deeper in honoring Him and worshiping Him. Go deeper in your investments. Go deeper in your life. Sell out. Lord, bless every person, every word, every every person who's ready to launch into this next season with joy, let there be clearance. Clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff. In Jesus' name, bring it to pass, Lord. Bring it to pass every promise, every concern. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say, launch out. Launch out. Into the, deep, into the deep, let down your net for a catch. Are you excited? God's going to do something. I'm telling you, we're, good. we're headed. we're on the precipice of some great new things that God wants to do in your life and in mine. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.